0: Chapter Nineteen, of the garrys and their friends, by Frank Webb. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen: The Alarm. Immediately after the departure of Mr. Stevens, Master Kinch began to consider the propriety of closing the establishment for the night sliding down from the counter where he had been seated reflecting upon the strange conduct of his recent customer he said i feel rather queer round about here laying his hand upon his stomach and i'm inclined to think that some of them ear Jersey sausages and buckwheat cakes that the old man has been stuffing himself with wouldn't go down slow rather shabby in him not to come back and let me go home and have a slap at the whittles. i expect nothing else but that he has eat so much that he's fell asleep at the supper table and won't wake up till bedtime he's always serving me that same trick the old man thus alluded to was no other than master kinch's father who had departed from the shop two or three hours previously promising to return immediately after tea this promise appeared to have entirely faded from his recollection as he was at that moment as Kench had supposed fast asleep and totally oblivious of the fact that such a person as his hungry descendant was in existence having fully come to the conclusion to suspend operations for the evening kinch made two or three excursions into the street returning each time laden with old hats coats and shoes these he deposited on the counter without order or arrangement muttering as he did so that the old man could sort him out in the morning to suit himself the things being all brought from the street he had only to close the shutters which operation was soon effected and our hungry friend on his way home the next morning, Mr. de Young for the father of kinch rejoiced in that aristocratic cognomen was early at his receptacle for old clothes, and it being market day, he anticipated doing a good business. The old man leisurely took down the shutters, assorted and hung out the old clothes, and was busily engaged in sweeping out the store when his eye fell upon the paper dropped by Mr. Stevens the evening previous. What's this ere said he, stooping to pick it up, Bill or something like it, I suppose. What a trial tis not to be able to read, writin. Don't know whether tis worth keeping or not. Best save it though till dat our boy of mine comes, he can read it. He's a scholar. Ah, to children nowadays has greater advantages than dare poor fathers had whilst he was thus soliloquizing his attention was arrested by the noise of footsteps in the other part of the shop and looking up he discerned the tall form of mr walters why bless me said the old man dis is an early visit where you come from honey dis time o day oh i take a walk every morning to breathe a little of the fresh air it gives one an appetite for breakfast you know you let me take the liberty of sittin on your counter won't you he continued i want to read a little article in a newspaper i've just purchased a cent being readily given mr walters was soon perusing the journal with great attention at last he tossed it from him in an impatient manner and exclaimed of all lying rascals i think the reporters of this paper are the greatest now for instance three or four nights since a gang of villains assaulted one of my tenants a colored man upon his own doorstep and nearly killed him and that too without the slightest provocation they then set fire to the house which was half consumed before it could be extinguished and it is here stated that the colored people were the aggressors and whilst they were engaged in the melee the house caught fire accidentally yes rejoined mr de things are getting mighty critical even in these ere parts and i wouldn't live further down town if you was to give me a house rent free why it's rally dangerous to go home nights down dere and there's no knowing how long we may be any better off up here continued mr walters the authorities don't seem to take the least notice of them and the rioters appear to be having it all their own way they continued conversing upon the topic for some time mr de young being meanwhile engaged in sponging and cleaning some coats he had purchased the day before in so doing he was obliged to remove the paper he had picked up from the floor and it occurred to him to ask mr walters to read it he therefore handed it to him saying just read dat honey won't you i want to know if it's worth savin i've burnt up two or three receipts in my life and had de bills to pay over and i i'se got rail careful you know tain't pleasant to pay money twice over for the same thing mr walters took the paper extended to him and after glancing over it remarked this handwriting is very familiar to me very but whose is it i can't say it appears to be a list of addresses or something of that kind and he read over various names of streets and numbers of houses why he exclaimed with a start of surprise here is my own house upon the list two fifty seven easton street then there is twenty-two christian street here also are numbers in baker street bedford street sixth seventh and eighth streets in some of which houses i know colored people live for one or two of them are my own this is a strange affair as he spoke he turned over the paper and read on the other side places to be attacked why this looks serious he continued with some excitement of manner places to be attacked don't that seem to you as if it might be a list of places for these rioters to set upon i really must look into this who could have left it here i really don't know replied the old man kinch told me something last night about some gentleman comin' here and changing his clothes p'raps twas him i'd like to know who twas myself well wait a while my boy will come in directly maybe he can explain it he had scarcely finished speaking when master kinch made his appearance with his hat as usual placed upon nine hairs and his mouth smeared with the eggs and bacon with which he had been staying and comforting himself he took off his hat on perceiving mr walters and with great humility hoped that gentleman was well yes very well kinch replied mr walters we were waiting for you can you tell where this came from he asked handing him the mysterious paper never seen it before that i know of replied kinch after a short inspection well who was here last night asked his father you said you sold suthin so i did replied kinch sold a whole suit and the gentleman who put it on said he was going out for a lark he was changing some papers from his pocket perhaps he dropped it i'm to take this suit back to him to-day here is his card by heavens exclaimed mr walters after looking at the card i know the fellow george stevens slippery george every one knows him and can speak no good of him either now i recognize the handwriting of the list i begin to suspect something wrong by seeing his name in connection with this hereupon kinch was subjected to a severe cross-examination which had the effect of deepening mr walters's impression that some plot was being concocted that would result to the detriment of the colored people for he was confident that no good could be indicated by the mysterious conduct of mr stevens after some deliberation kinch received instructions to take home the clothes as directed and to have his eyes about him and if he saw or heard anything he was to report it in accordance with his instructions master kinch made several journeys to mr stevens's office but did not succeed in finding that gentleman within the last trip he made there fatigued him to such a degree that he determined to wait his arrival as he judged from the lateness of the hour that if it was his intention to come at all that day he would soon be there i'll sit down here said kinch by an old box in the back part of the entry, and give myself a little time to blow he had not sat long before he heard footsteps on the stairs and presently the sound of voices became quite audible that's him ejaculated kinch as mr Stevens was heard saying in an angry tone "Yes." and a devil of a scrape i got into by your want of sobriety had you followed my directions and met me at whittaker's instead of getting drunk as a beast and being obliged to go home to bed it wouldn't have happened well Square replied mr mccloskey for he was the person addressed by mr stevens the man can't be expected always to keep sober he ought to when he has business before him rejoined mr stevens sharply how the devil am i to trust you to do anything of importance when i can't depend on your keeping sober a day at a time come up to this top landing continued he and listen to me if you think you are sober enough to comprehend what i say to you they now approached and stood within a few feet of the place where kinch was sitting and mr stephen said with a great deal of emphasis i want you to pay the strictest attention to what i say i had a list of places made out for you last night but somehow or other i lost it but that is neither here nor there this is what i want you to attend to particularly don't attempt anything tonight you can't get a sufficient number of the boys together but when you do go you are to take first christian street between eleventh and twelfth there are several nigger families living in that block smash in their windows break their furniture and if possible set one of the houses on fire and that will draw attention to that locality whilst you are operating elsewhere by that time the boys will be ripe for anything then you'd better go to a house in easton street corner of shotwell there's a rich nigger living there whose plunder is worth something i owe him an old grudge and i want you to pay it off for me you keep me pretty busy paying your debts what's the name of this rich nigger walters replied mr stevens everybody knows him now about that other affair here he whispered so low that kinch could only learn they were planning an attack on the house of some one, but failed in discovering the name McCloskey departed as soon as he had received full directions from Mr. Stevens, and his retreating steps might be still heard upon the stairs when Mr. Stevens unlocked his office door and entered after giving him sufficient time to get quietly seated. Kinch followed and delivered the clothes left with him the evening previous. He was very much struck with Mr. Stevens's altered appearance, and in fact would not have recognized him but for his voice you don't seem to be well remarked kinch inquiringly no i'm not he replied gruffly i've caught cold as kinch was leaving the office he called after him did you find a paper in your shop this morning no sir replied kinch i didn't but mentally he observed my daddy did though and fearful of some other troublesome question he took leave immediately fatigued and out of breath kinch arrived at the house of mr walters where he considered it best to go and communicate what he had learned mr walters was at dinner when he received from the maid a summons to the parlor to see a lad who said his business was a matter of life or death he was obliged to smile at the air of importance with which kench commenced some relation of what he had overheard but the smile gave place to a look of anxiety and indignation long ere he had finished and at the conclusion of the communication he was highly excited and alarmed the infernal scoundrel exclaimed mr walters are you sure it was my house yes sure was pinch's reply you are the only colored person living in the square and he said plain enough for anybody to understand easton street corner of shotwell i heard every word but what they said towards the last in a whisper you couldn't catch anything of it asked mr walters no i missed that they talked too low for me to hear after reflecting a few moments mr walters said not a word of this is to be lisped anywhere except with my permission and by my direction have you had your dinner no sir was the prompt reply i want to dispatch a note to mr alice by you if it won't trouble you too much can you oblige me oh yes sir by all means replied kinch i'll go there with pleasure and whilst i'm writing continued mr walters you can be eating your dinner that will economize time you know kinch followed the servant who answered the bell into the dining-room which mr walters had just left on being supplied with a knife and fork he helped himself bountifully to the roast duck, then pouring out a glass of wine, he drank with great enthusiasm to our honoured self, which proceeding caused infinite amusement to the two servants who were peeping at him through the dining room door. "Delicious!" exclaimed Kinch, depositing his glass upon the table. "Guess I'll try another," and suiting the action to the word, he refilled his glass and despatched its contents in the wake of the other. Having laboured upon the duck until his appetite was somewhat appeased he leaned back in his chair and suffered his plate to be changed for another which being done he made an attack upon a peach pie and nearly demolished it outright this last performance brought his meal to a conclusion and with a look of weariness he remarked i don't see how it is but as soon as i have eat for a little while my appetite is sure to leave me now i can't eat a bit more but the worst thing is walking down to mr ellis's i don't feel a bit like it but i suppose i must and reluctantly rising from the table he returned to the parlour where he found mr walters folding the note he had promised to deliver as soon as he had despatched kinch on his errand, mr walters put on his hat and walked to the office of the mayor is his honour in he asked one of the police who was lounging in the ante-room yes he is what do you want with him asked the official in a rude tone that sir is none of your business replied mr walters if the mayor is in hand him this card and say i wish to see him somewhat awed by mr walters to his dignified and decided manner the man went quickly to deliver his message and returned with an answer that his honour would be obliged to mr walters if he would step into his office on following the officer he was ushered into a small room the private office of the chief magistrate of the city take a seat sir said the mayor politely it is some time since we have met i think i had the pleasure of transacting business with you quite frequently some years back if i'm not mistaken you are quite correct replied mr walters and being so favourably impressed by your courtesy on the occasions to which you refer i venture to intrude upon you with a matter of great importance not only to myself but i think i may say to the public generally since this morning circumstances have come under my notice that leave no doubt on my mind that a thoroughly concerted plan is afoot for the destruction of the property of a large number of our coloured citizens mine amongst the rest you must be aware he continued that many very serious disturbances have occurred lately in the lower part of the city yes i have heard something respecting it replied the mayor but i believe they were nothing more than trifling combats between the negroes and the whites in that vicinity oh no sir i assure you rejoined mr walters they were and are anything but trifling i regard them however as only faint indications of what we may expect if the thing is not promptly suppressed there is an organized gang of villains who are combined for the sole purpose of mobbing us colored citizens and as we are inoffensive we certainly deserve protection and here continued mr walters is a copy of the list of places upon which it is rumored an attack is to be made i really don't see how i am to prevent it mr walters with the exception of your own residence all that are here enumerated are out of my jurisdiction i can send two or three police for your protection if you think it necessary but i really can't see my way clear to do anything further two or three police said mr walters with rising indignation at the apathy and indifference the mayor exhibited they would scarcely be of any more use than as many women if that is the extent of the aid you can afford me i must do what i can to protect myself i trust your fears lead you to exaggerate the danger said the mayor as mr walters arose to depart perhaps it is only rumour after all i might have flattered myself with the same idea did i not feel convinced by what has so recently occurred but a short distance from my own house at any rate if i am attacked they will find i am not unprepared good-day and bowing courteously to the mayor mr walters departed. chapter nineteen